it's like a bunch of wounded animals, and I feel like, you know, oh, we're good. Roger said it right. He's like, this weekend's been kind of like a playing the game Jumanji. Yeah. Started out in the zoo in the rainforest, you know, and yep. now we're in this room, which who knows is going to come out of the fireplace, but hopefully, uh, I think we're good. It'll be good. But, um, so just kind of kick things off a little bit is, you know, we talk a lot about making a business case to the business manager. You know, there's a lot of discussions. We got to do that. We got to do that. But I don't think we've done a really good job of really putting that together. Of like, what, what, what does that mean? You know, we're selling an air conditioning service, and we're trying to talk to a business manager, someone that owns a building. How do they connect the dots? Um, not talking about AC units and, and you know, air conditioning problems and compressors and motors and things like that. I think a lot of times when we have those conversations is where we easily lose the interest from that individual. So then we get pushed down or, or you know, we kind of lose just the, uh, you know, the momentum, if you will, in that. So what I wanted to do is just spend a little bit of time and try to help connect those dots. Um, you know, we've got some, some newer guys on board and I know that, you know, my background was HVAC, so I started very technical, and I've had to learn how to avoid that and go more of big picture stuff. You know, painting a picture, walking through the you know the impacts that we have, and trying to keep things high level um, because you know we've all been at the right table and ended up in the wrong seat with a different person. So. This is very much just put together. So it, it's, uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot more talking points than what we're seeing up here, obviously. Um, but the first thing I put down is we must know why HVAC is critical to their business. And when their systems go down, what effects does it have? And, and this is kind of where we talk about different verticals. You know, we, you know across the link network, you know, you'll see that there are certain individuals that only chase one or two verticals. And they really become, you know, the, 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 the resident expert of that vertical, that business, because they truly understand that type of a business. Whether it's hospitals, whether it's schools, whether it's hotels, whether it's churches, you know, whatever that vertical may be. Oh, heck. Just do your uh, touchpad. Maybe it'll just come back. Oh, uh, come on. Oh, this is... Try unplugging it and plug it back. Uh, no, this is bad. Really Unfortunately, unfortunate. what y'all weren't privy to is the 30 minutes it took <laughs> just to get that up. Yeah. We've had a really battle with that core. <laughs> we got another core. Maybe we just need to go ahead and swap it out. Yeah. We've been battling core issues. So are you saying like train focus on uh, focuses on like nursing homes or something? Well, like, even like Ann focuses on hospitals and Carson yeah. only sells industrial. And right. Gotcha. Roger only does motels. Right. Only if they have window units. Ooh. Clay. Yeah. There you go. I think that's that's what you're right, referring to. Yeah. Only yeah. P-Tax. Yeah, yeah. Oh my you, you can make a living some. So, yeah. so, 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 so the, you know, the, the, the point is, is, is a reason why, you know, reps do that is because they're able to 
delineate the business and what they do to what we do. And when you have that conversation, you, you've got to be able to speak to that level with that decision maker. You know, using the right terms, using the right, you know, acronyms of things or, you know, patients versus customers or, you know, how they get incentivized, how they make money and things like that. So during that concept meeting, it's very important to go into that meeting with a lot of kind of, you know, pre-evaluated knowledge of who the person is, what their business is, and when that unit goes down, what does that mean to them? And those are the kind of conversations we have to be having. You know, it can't be, um, you know, hey, have you ever had a compressor fail? Or how, you know, you, you don't really want to talk too specific because ultimately the guy we're talking to doesn't know the details of, oh, it was a compressor on rooftop unit number three. It's like he knows that he wasn't able to perform procedures for a day and he had patient issues, he had staffing issues, and he had all these things that he had to do to overcome those issues. Does that make sense or are there any specific examples that, that come to mind that, you know, you've been able to do that or that, you know, you can see kind of where maybe you got off track a little bit because we weren't able to have those conversations? When you get to the major repairs part of the pie chart, don't there, do you bring up things like, have you had the, any compressors go out or any major condensate no. lines? No, I don't. I, 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 I like no. can't, and, and even whenever I'm talking to a technical manager, I don't, I, 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 like I tell my technicians and they start talking to me and getting into the weeds of yeah. problems, I go, I don't care. I, I don't, I, I care, but I don't, I don't care. I, I, does, does it work or does it not work? Uh, what's it gonna take to make it work? So I even well, I have that mindset as well as as as, as the business manager does is does my shit work or does it not work and that's really what it boils down to. And if you're asking specific questions that pertain to specific failures or problems, what he's going to be thinking of I don't know the answer to that, but my maintenance guy does. So you need to be talking to him because he can answer all these questions. When we talk about major repairs, we talk about when their system goes down, what effect does it have? Because when a major repair happens, that's what happens. It doesn't matter if it's a compressor, it doesn't matter if it's a coil, it doesn't matter you know, if, if you know an air handler you know, came apart or whatever else, the, the actual act of it doesn't matter, it's the impact that it had. And that's where you gotta have that conversation. When that event took place, what did you do? What, what was the, the, the cost impact on him? What was the, you know, what was the aftermath look like of that? I mean, you know what, when that was down, we had to pretty much scrap, you know, two weeks worth of work whether it was in a lab and they've been doing studies or whatever else, you really want to dig into what does that look like? You know, 
God, how, you know, how did, you know, do you guys have to come in after hours and try to make up for that? That's the, where you start putting together actual costs that's going to justify. Well, don't, don't blow through that, what you just said, right? So you just threw out. So what's the cost? Th- so now you've got. So now you're opening up a can of worms, and you're peeling the onion or whatever you want. All the cliche shit you want to throw out there, right? So you're. You just threw out. So what did it cost you, right? In his brain, I paid that vendor forty five hundred dollars to get it back up and running, and as some of the newer MSRs are gonna go, okay, I paid forty five hundred dollars in my pie chart. That's not the cost. That's the price to the contractor that he paid. That's not the cost to his business. The cost to his business, which right now I'm trying to, sh- for a great example, I got a plan that we take care of at Carlsar. We can't keep the damn paint booth running because our guys don't do the job that they're supposed to be doing. Okay? Their cost, plant manager, young guy, smart guy, he said, y'all cost me $80,000. You cost me more than your contract cost. What are you going to do and how are you going to fix it? I have an answer for one. Because I've been doing it for more than a day. But it, in his mind, he understands cost. And anybody that you're calling on, you have to, you got, you can't blow through that. you got to slow down. And, and All right, so you have something to go You miss some labs. You're going to have people come in on the weekends. Are they usually coming on weekends? Nah. So they make. My guys aren't cheap. What do they make? You got to pay them overtime. How happy are they to come in on a Saturday and Sunday, right? So there's cost. There's a lot of cost. That's a big deal. That's where they taught in the old school days, right? Find the scar, pick or find the scab, pick it, yeah. you pick it some more, make them bleed, make it painful, whatever. You can find stuff, and then you can also go down the road of all right. Once it got back up and running, how was it? Did it work? Did it work like it's? Is that area doing what it's supposed to do after the repair? Lots of times I say no. Yeah, and even when our guys do repairs. Yeah, and you can go into you know finding out hey a bunch of guys haven't come in overtime whatever else. You can talk about well how are you staffing? That leads into well how how many guys do you have? You know when they come in after hours, you know a lot. Well, what happens if that person gets fed up with that and goes somewhere else? You know, so these are things that you can then, then that issue can address maybe a staffing issue. You know, because these are, these are big, <coughs> big world problems, right? People, product, timelines, revenue. Like these are the, that's the business case. It's, and for these managers, if you will, these business leaders, it, in my opinion, it depends on what they choose to focus on. We've got a plant that we were lucky to get, and we got it because of the things that Carson was talking about. What does it really cost you? So these guys make headliners for BMW, and all they do is spray water glue all day long. But they had they had tremendous waste, and the waste was related to humidity. Breakfast, um, uh, some kind of, what would you say? Breakfast plate with sausage. Breakfast plate with sausage. I had that. Yep, we got that. Okay. Um, another, uh, another breakfast sandwich and a yogurt parfait. 
I got a breakfast sandwich. Um, you want half of that? It's a breakfast burrito. That yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Take that that, grab another plate and have because I was yeah. only one half of it. I couldn't get any right. so I figured if I ordered the whole thing, somebody would eat it. You gotta eat it like a dog, man. You got the part that, right? Yeah. He's bringing you a. Did you order something again? I think we need to get one of those burritos. Did anybody else get anything? Did anybody else get anything? I had a sausage, uh, egg, uh, deep recycling. Another breakfast sandwich? Alright, I'll be You know, one, one thing, when you talk, when you look at really this part of it, and right now, you know, I know for a fact, you know, Matt and, and you know, pretty much everybody right now, but everybody is looking at your prospect list and who's a good prospect, who's not a good prospect, and, well, this is the big building, and, you know, they've got a couple air conditioners, whatever else. But always be thinking about, this right here when you're prospecting. Be thinking about a, a business or a facility where air conditioning is critical, whether it's got whether it's 10,000 square feet or 100,000 square feet, is a much better prospect than a 200,000 square foot warehouse facility that only has a couple offices that are conditioned. Because when those units go down, they don't really care. You know, it's like, well, you know, we get somebody out, but we've got, you know, 80% of our employees are in the warehouse working with no air conditioning. So it doesn't really matter. So if they can't have an answer to that, you gotta move on. You know, now not to say that there's, you know, maybe future needs of, hey, you know, maybe we can look at dealing with some air conditioning in the warehouse or it would be nice to do that. You can have those conversations that's a different conversation. And that's where we, you know, bring in our project team and they can kind of help, you know, guide and direct those conversations or whatnot. Kent, but I, I think you can take that a step further. You can have a 200,000 square foot warehouse with whatever, 25 packages on the rooftop and maybe it's a distribution center and it's not critical to them. Mm -hmm. And if one or two go out, they're good. They may not even notice for a year. Yep. And so therefore, our product's probably not the best. You know, compared to the 10,000 square foot where it's critical that that little chiller goes down to stop producing. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got to, you've got to, I say qualify, but, you know, that all goes into asking the question and truly understanding because, I mean, we've got, you know, a lot of clients like that, that you've got a roof, a, you know, a roof full of package units and majority may just be kind of warehouse, you know, product stores or whatever else, but there may be just one area where they actually have like a paint area or they've got, you know, R&D area or whatever else. And so, you know, you've got to dig around and ask and, and, and find out. Well, there's a lot of energy to be consumed in a building that you're talking about there. Yep. So, I mean, it's, you, <clears throat> every good building has a story. Every good building, like you're talking about. You were talking about the warehouse that's got the, the four split systems in the front. It's not a prospect that's got 700 exhaust fans in the middle of the roof. Yeah. That, that's not a good prospect. <laughs> but every good building that has air conditioning has a story. And that's what, and that's exactly what you're saying is, is spend a minute and understand historical stories from other facilities before you go in and just start asking stupid questions. Don't be the stupid person that asks questions. Know, 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 what you're, know what you're asking before you ask it. Yeah. Right? Yes, right. Um, you're sloppy. Any questions about that? Because I know we we talk about it, but that but that is well, like a like fanatical what? prospector is somebody who's always thinking of that. When you're driving around, you're looking at buildings and you're seeing stuff. Okay, yeah. What what's in that building that may be affected if that stuff goes down? Like those are the. One thing that we talked about last night briefly that I learned the hard way was just because I think it's critical doesn't mean they think it's critical. Like with a gym, like move fitnesses or uh, to me, it seems critical that they would want to keep their clients happy and keep the air conditioning running. But members, members, thank you. <laughs> but, but it's really not critical to them. They would rather invest some money into more equipment for the, the members than HVAC equipment. And, like re retail stores, like I was calling on uh, Kimbrels for a hot minute, and it really wasn't critical. Like I thought it was critical. Yeah. You know, uh, strip strip malls and stores, retail stores. You you helped me early on to say mm, retail stores and gyms don't really have a critical. Uh, yeah. It, it's not critical to them. They don't have really a vested interest in really... It looks to me like I could build pain with it, but I, it's not critical to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's... Julio, well, you brought up a good point, though. A lot of those gyms don't even... Like, the gym owners don't even own the gyms a lot of times. A lot of times it's leased space, so that could be why they don't care. Most of yeah. Yeah, that could be one of them. Yeah, I mean, they're the, the responsibility for those repairs for the equipment replacement, whatever else, you know, if there's kind of some blurred lines there as far as, well, they kind of cover the first $1,500 or anything over $2,000. That's just a, a rat nest that we don't get involved with mm. because we know they have problems because they're not, we know they're not taking care of it because of just the nature of their business and what they do. And they're, but they're not really invested in taking that out of the equation saying, you know, I'm, I'm willing to invest you know, triple what I'm paying right now to assure those units go down mm. or don't go down because for them, there's no ROI. Like there's like, there's no, 
doesn't financially make sense to them. So they're gonna keep on like, hey, you know what? We're gonna change the filters. When something major happens, my landlord will come in and pay for that. And then you get stuck in the middle. It goes back to your second question. What happens when that stuff goes down? Yeah. We keep going. Eventually, yeah. chucking the truck rolls around and we're good to go. And compared to, well, we can't operate. Mm. Okay, that's the difference. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look at look at our offices, right? Like, if our AC unit, I mean, I know Greenville, they went through the whole summer with the brand new unit. I guess they had problems. And, I mean, yeah, it was and counting. Yeah, I mean, it was irritating. It was frustrating, things like that. But did we still do business? Yeah. Did, did we lose money or revenue as a result of that? Case in point, right? Like, that's... We would not be a good prospect for us. Now, if we got an opportunity to sit down with, you know, Todd who owns the asset, and we could have a discussion of what the overall operating operations of that building has to do with the value of that building, that could be a discussion, right? You can get the owner involved with, hey, if I can decrease my utility spend in this building, I can actually increase the value of that property there's a conversation. And, well, and sometimes it's just not a business sale. I mean, yeah, just be honest. Just, it's so just, small. It, we're, you're talking about things that have a business sale. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are if you were selling to us, it's not a business sale. It's a, how much of a pain in the ass is this? Yeah. Oh my God, I get, Katie is wearing me out every day and she's annoying as hell. Can you make her shut up? Yeah. Well, fix it. I mean, it's really, that, that's yeah. kind of what it comes down to, right? Is, that's why I said every building has a story, and the story with total comfort at Greenville would be, can you make all the, the minions shut up because they're complaining all the time? Mm-hmm. If you can make that happen, I love you, right? And, yeah. And, and, and then you don't have a long-term relationship with, with, with the Todd in that building, but you've, got, but you've got a customer, and you made a customer happy, and, and, and now they become a client, and now then maybe they tell somebody else, who now you have a business case. Yeah. Now you have a now you have an opportunity to go sell a business solution to. Sometimes it's just a solution. Sometimes it's not a business solution. Yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes just, it's just taking a problem away. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's that pain. It's that that constant. And you never know who's going to lead you to what. And sometimes that like especially you use Todd. Todd knows everybody and their sister in in Greenville, right? So if you go solve a problem for Todd, he might be able to hook you up with somebody that you can really go and do what we really do. Right, that's good. and everybody has has that guy in their in their, in their market. Yeah. Um, kind of going down a little bit. <laughs> but that was very helpful to talk about how when you are talking to manufacturing places or or <coughs> surgery centers and you get to the pie chart, <coughs> there's the expenses that they had, but the cost is a key difference there. You talk to the cost and not the, ex- the expenses. It, it's good to get the $4,500 number you said, Yeah. but that's not all the cost. And I, I think it's critically important right now, especially for Justin, Matt, Matt, and you know, the other guys that are gonna come on that haven't had as much exposure to the pie chart and understanding the, you know, how that ties in to the building itself is understanding the fact that, you know, just like what we're talking about here now, we're talking, the three of us, well, Matt, Matt, and well, all the, all the guys that have been here within a year, 
trying to figure out, you know, as you go through that executive summary, well, how do I speak to this cost page? And these are things now that you've got that just kind of makes it a little bit more real. It's not necessarily repeating a script, you know, that you see. It's being familiar with what's on there, but the bottom line of what the cost is, having that understanding, that comprehension, so that you can kind of form where you're going with your story. Because that's, that's the critical piece here. You know, when, when we look at, at costs, we're talking a lot about that, and you look at the pie chart, and part of our process is to getting costs back from our prospect, right? What are the costs we're looking at? We're looking at energy spend, major repairs, major repairs, contract services, parts, materials, yep, current services. Okay, the major repairs, part materials, contract services. Those are actually outlying hard expenses. Mm -hmm. We're in that verification meeting, and we're looking at kind of where they're at today and where they're at with us. We can put hard numbers in there with ours, and there's always a gap, right? between their contract services, major repairs, parts, materials, you know, if they're $10,000 worth $20,000, what we have to do is we got to justify $10,000. And that is the business case cost. If we could prevent these situations from taking place, which then, you know, could result in those events from not taking place, is that worth you know, less than a thousand bucks a month, right? So that's that's where that becomes so important because anybody, what is it? Eggs, hash browns, sausage. <laughs> Might not be our order. I don't. Go, Daniel. I don't. I'm not. Are you sure that's ours? I think it's ours. Yeah, I like that. The business cost is, is justifying the spread between the gap. Yeah. Of what they're paying it's, and what our costs are, which is always two, two to three times more. Mm -hmm. That's yep. the business we're, case. We're, there are times when they've had just an absorbent amount of repair costs, mm -hmm. right? To where what they spent in RG is like, hey, you know, it's you're already spending eighty thousand, we're eighty five, you know, or eighty two or whatever else. That doesn't happen all the time. If it does, we gotta look at okay, maybe our price is too low. <laughs> no. Just kidding. But um, but that's that's why that's important. And and I'm telling you, if, if you're prospecting a place that doesn't have a lot of cost you can put in the different quadrants of the, of the pie chart it's very hard to justify what we do. It may be a C2, it may be a C4, it may be something that's just, you know, hey, I'm only spending $3,000, you're $8,000. If you can't really put that together, you're expensive. You know, you're, there's all these things that are going on in their head of like, God, this is, you know, this doesn't make sense at all. And then at that point, we, we've now kind of missed an op a future opportunity because you're expensive. You know, you call them six months from now, a year from now, oh, I know, I remember you guys coming here, you guys were like way too expensive or good. So that's where when you're going through that prospecting, you're going through the process, when you're not seeing 
the opportunity to share a business case through expenses, through business issues or problems, you, you gotta have a gut check. Do I realistically have an opportunity to sell something here? Is there enough of that other, how to make Sue be quiet, that I'm willing to pay extra to make that go away? Do you have enough of that? Because if you don't, that's where you gotta, you gotta figure out how to get out and reconvene when this kind of stuff happens. So, going a little bit of you know digging for pain and building issues. Um, I just kind of threw up some some obvious things to have conversations about. You know, we're in the South, right? Humidity. You know, these these AC units are big dehumidifiers, and they pull out a lot of moisture and. Um, when things aren't working right, typically um, an after effect is humidity. You know, you've got Charleston, we have a lot of, you know, historic buildings. We have a lot of um, wood, things like that, that don't really like the humidity. And so when we talk about building problems, a lot of times that can be a, be a really big issue. Um, buildings where they have, you know, critical environments, whether it's Printing, whether they've got a lot of like laminates for production or um, critical, you know, medical facilities, humidity is all very, very important. And other um, things that is smells and, and VOCs, you know, just with with air quality problems, you know, getting complaints from from uh, employees, you know, sometimes you'll be in a, in a uh, concept being they'll ask, hey, you know, do you, you guys test the air for mold? You know, you get that a lot. Okay, well, there, there's a reason why they're asking you that, right? There, there's probably been a history of maybe employees that have, you know, had respiratory problems or whatever, and they're complaining or they're, you know, going to their supervisors and like, hey, this is, environment's not right. Um, we talk about VOCs because if you go into a plant or a building or whatever else and you just, you smell, whether you, whether it's a, um, you know, a, a hotel may has a pool and you walk in the lobby and it smells like chlorine. Um, these are all things to kind of pick up on because it's a building problem, right? Um, you know, product quality, obviously we talk about this whenever, whatever, whatever they're producing, if, if fat is critical to temperature, humidity, you know, that's obviously a, a, a big deal. Um, patient complaints, you know, if, if you're in a, any kind of facility where they do any kind of procedures, you know, they've got patients that are, you know, disrobing into, into procedure gowns and things like that. And, um, you know, they're already, their blood pressure's high because they're nervous like that. Like, you know, they don't want their patients to be uncomfortable. Dialysis punch, you know, they're on the dialysis floor strapped to a machine, you know, when it's 80 degrees in there, um, it's not, that's not a good environment. Are you planning on talking to, to the building? You know, we have talked about buildings themselves and uh, impact from mechanical issues in terms of pressurization, yep. ventilation, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Good. That's going to be something that ties yeah. right in to what he's um, going over. Negative reviews. You know, right now, the the world of the internet and communication. If a patient goes to a facility or 
you know, somebody stays at a hotel and there's, you know, issues and problems, they're going to blast them. So that's a, that's a big deal. You know, that not only um, affects today's business, but that affects future business. That, that affects referrals, that are, affects, you know, people that are coming in to uh, future stays. Air quality, you know, water leaks, things like that. Um, any other experiences that, that y'all have run into that were kind of some, some building related issues? Well, the, the business case there is that the negative review is, is going to, it's not just a negative review, it's going to cost them a future sale potentially. So that's the, the cost part that you just mentioned earlier. Yep. Business case. Yeah, and it, and it could be if they're a, if they're a, an event venue, you know, like here. Like, not only do they make money on the rooms, but they make money on for groups like us. They come in and, and, and host that. Well, if, excuse me, if we had a bunch of problems in our rooms, odds are they're probably going to have to comp us a little bit from this event. That's way more impactful than just a couple rooms. Because they want to sell another event. Yeah, for, for absolutely. One, and then two, this just like in event spaces like this, they, yep. the profit is on this. It's it, not on the rooms. A lot of hotels have those event directors, sales directors. They're not just charged to sell them. They're, charged, they're trying to sell out the conference rooms. Yeah. So hotels that have conference rooms and meeting spaces are, are much higher on the target list. Than, it's a better prospect than, a, than, than just like one that has a bunch of rooms. Micro hotel. Yeah. <laughs> Ones that have meeting spaces that they rent out. That's what you're looking for. The only thing I talked about in Spartanburg when the food came in, they roll, they make headliners, and they've got large rollers, maybe the width of this room, and off the rollers is where you have the glue coming off of. Mm -hmm. And because it was so humid that it would get cookie, and they have to shut down the machine. They have four of these process areas. Well, to let it cool down, to clean it, and to heat it back up and get it going, it's an eight-hour process. 10,000 bucks an hour. And they shut it down seven times last summer. This past summer, after working with us, they shut them down zero unscheduled. Yeah. What about and the Augusta Convention Center? Like, is that something you got, or Charleston, like Convention Center? We got, we have we got, we got a conference center here in Columbia. Yeah, meeting space. It's pretty, you know. Yeah. We've got one on our conference. Their facility generates revenue. Yeah. 100%. So, they're, so environment's very important for them, even though. Yeah. Not even though their environment's important to them. Yep. They're hosting, you know, Columbia gets a lot. Of, I'm sure Augusta, Charleston, everywhere gets a lot of Burn Beach, get a lot of tourism. A lot of groups come. People to don't June. visit Augusta. They call it Disgusta for a reason. They yeah. visit. They they visit Disgusta for one specific reason, and that's a week a, a week a year. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you've got big groups that rent out buildings at these at these places. And then you think about it, like, okay, based on that business, if that AC unit went down, what's it going to be like for the people that are there in those conferences and those events? You know, I mean, they're they're paying money to have an event there. They have certain expectations that that venue is going to accommodate their needs. If it's 80-some degrees in there, that's a problem, right? So that, so that, and that's a, that's a good question. Because right now you're in the, in the in the depths of just building and developing your prospect list, 
You know, these are things that you got to be questioning yourself. Okay, in that building, in that place, when when that unit goes down, what does it do? And I think uh, for, for the guys that are newer than me, I think it's easier to get appointments with places that are more critical. You're not just a oh, HVAC. You know, it, it, it the level of ease might be easier. Now there are more people calling on them, I think. So you, it's kind of like a shark tank, especially I think when you get into, I haven't called on industrial, but it seems to me like that would be uh, highly competitive. Plant managers, well, you're not competing against other air conditioning contractors. You're competing against the toilet paper sales guy. And, the, mm. and the, I mean, every everybody's everything. I've got a good friend of mine who's a plant manager in, in Augusta, and he said that, well, it was actually up here in Greenville, and then he was down in Augusta, and he said he gets an average of 28 sales calls a day. Oh. Everybody wanting us, because everybody needs to go, because every customer, everybody, every one of us who are mm. tall, start from the top down, right? Even the guy who's selling ass wipe to the, to the plant. He, he, if you don't have the highest quality toilet paper, then your employees are gonna quit. I mean, I don't know how you sell that, right? It's, <laughs> right. it's critical. Yeah, it's, it's critical. critical. It's critical to the environment. They so, can't run out. I mean, so <laughs> the, the, the floor coatings, to wall coatings, to painters, to, to pipe fitters, I mean, the, the, everybody is tall to start to the, to start at the top down. So we're, we're competing against that guy. We're not competing, again. we're competing for a slot on the calendar, right? And then once you get that slot on the calendar, you've got to make the most of it. And that goes back to what Kent was talking about at the beginning. If you don't have your shit together, yeah, if you don't have your shit together when you show up, you're gonna show up and look like a moron, right? And you're competing for that 30 minutes on his calendar, and he makes a decision within three minutes whether He's going to check emails while you're talking to him or whether he's going to listen to you for 30 minutes. What did you do? Like, what was your way to, to kind of, like, with the plant managers to say you didn't have a connection with them or whatever? I'm a little bit more gregarious. I'm pretty subdued right now, but I can go in and manually tell you, I'm, I can be a little bombastic. I, I, and, and I'm also very forward. I, I'm, I'm a little brash, just a little bit. Daniel, would you agree? I may be just a little bit. You may be a little brash. <laughs> he, he's very, when he's talking to a complaint manager, uh, I think he knows, he understands that these people want to complain. Give me the direct bullet points. How does it make me better? He's very direct. Um, and pretty, he said brash, I would say, It's almost like he, you know, he has some experience. He can kind of like, you know, kind of I've got the gray hair factor going a little bit. He's got the gray hair factor for sure, but he also you kind of know what it, they may or may not the, be. It's a real thing. I mean, these are examples of like, you know, this is, you know, it may be this, it may be that. Even if I don't know what the yeah. fuck I'm talking about, I look like I might. Right. So, I mean, having the gray hair factor is a real thing. It, it really is. is. It really is. <laughs> Even if you don't know what you're talking about, I mean. I'm sure that when Julio oh, goes into places, guy, he's got gray hair. Right, when Julio goes into places, I'm sure that even whenever he was new, people were like, "This guy knows something." He might know something, right? Because he's 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 older, right? And so it, that that helps. But when you're talking to a plant manager, like Daniel said, they don't like a lot of words. I've had guys go, "If you can give it to me in five minutes, that'd be awesome," and and they'll hear you. Right. Mm. They're not, they're not being assholes. Mm -hmm. 
when they say five minutes. They got a lot of shit going on. They ain't got everything to worry about. And they'll hear you and ask more poignant questions and get better. You'll get better information to that guy in five minutes than you will talking to somebody that like Rob Chubb who's going to use every word that's in the dictionary 12 times, right? I'll also say this about Carson and Daniel. You can check him here. But when he walks in there, he immediately builds credibility because he can talk to them like he said. I just need five minutes to tell you what it is that we can do. And you probably have these problems, these problems, these problems. And then he takes ownership of it. Look, guys, I've been with the company. He literally said, look, guys, I've been with the company 20 years from the beginning, all right? So I can tell you my guys are going to do that. And our company did that. And just very direct and honest. That's what you did. And... I don't know if you can confirm that or not. That's what it is. And just let the guy know. I, I know what your problems are. I know what it takes to fix them. And we can but do that's it. what I was talking about at the beginning, having your shit in order for your ducks in a row or those little blue floaty things that they gave us, right? Having those all lined up before you go in there, and, and I hate to use the term pre-call planning because I think it's a silly term, but but it's, but it is. It's pre-call planning. And it's... and. You don't need to go digging through everybody's LinkedIn and their kids and their dogs and their wives and all that stuff. But unless you're dealing with like some of the people they can't deal with, and I'm sure that you're in a plant manager environment, he doesn't he doesn't care that you know his hobbies. He wants to know how you go fix the problem. Kent deals a lot with with the social people down in, in Charleston. He's got to know everybody's wife, kid, dog, anniversary, and and all that, and and does a great job with them. Right, so it depends on who depends on who you're calling on, and I'm gonna tell you. I'll throw this out there, and I'll, I'll show it because Ken's got a lot to talk about. But medical office administrators are plant managers. They are more assholeish than a plant manager. They are women with an attitude, and they have 800 things to do, and they have to manage all these nurses who are all catty ass bitches. <laughs> and, they want, and they want you to know that they're not industrial. And they, they want get, you to know they're just mad calls as the plant managers do. No, but I'm, yes, they, they get more calls than plant managers do, <laughs> and they don't have any more time, and they won't. So just know if you get with a medical office administrator, just because you're dealing with a woman does not mean that she wants to go in there and chitty chat with you. She's probably going to want you to be just like mm-hmm. that. That's been my. Has that been your experience down in Charleston, too? They, they, they have. I learned that the hard way. Thought you'd go in there and be all sweetie, honey, baby, cutie pie. Well, no, that's not. No. And that's and that's where doing the re, you know call it pre-call planning, call whatever you will, but it's doing the research to find out why air conditioning is critical to their business because that's immediately start asking questions about that stuff. Hey, I understand that you guys have a pain area. You know what what happens to you guys if if you know your humidity gets over a certain percentage in that area. But then they'll tell you specifics. You know, we have, you know, our customers, Volkswagen, BMW, if we can't get this product through here, we get fines from the plant. You know, we're susceptible to these surcharges if we shut that plant down. Then you can just, so what it is, it's building credibility because they know you know what they're talking about. You know, you're, you're now talking at their level, right? You're not coming in as a sales guy of, oh, well, you know, gosh, you know, this is a great plant. You know, how long have you been here and all this kind of stuff? They don't want to just shoot the shit. Mm-hmm. They, they want to talk about, how you going to help me? You know what I mean? So, so you start off with the most, and that's where, if y'all can learn from our combined 40 plus years experience, is 
and plants specifically. Hit them with, you hit them with that first. And then after the five minutes, once they start to ask you questions, then you can build the rapport. Yeah. They, they, they're not, you do rapport first and they're like another sales guy and they're checking email and they don't hear a damn thing you say. Mm. There's a reason why the first full page we're talking about is a challenge and trends. We're talking about those issues. What we're seeing across the board are, you know, people, staffing. You know, how many seats do you, have, do you need to fill this plant right now? You know, how is that how is that impacting your ability to meet timelines and deadlines how how is the supply chain issues affecting yes you know that those are the things and that's where you talk the pre-call planning but you've got to get your head right you can't be thinking about it when you're just right there in front of them you need to be thinking about this kind of thing beforehand so you can preface what your questions you're going to ask how you get that conversation and then let the conversation kind of dictate where you're going with it so that's how it becomes a discussion, not a presentation. But getting back in, you know, asking, ask questions around costs of these issues. This is critical for the system analysis and financial justification. That's what I was talking about. That's the gap filler. That's what we're going to use to justify them spending 30, 40, 50% more out of pocket expenses for our agreement. Um, made a, you know, he gave a real life example cleanup costs when that happens what's the cost to correct it you know if they've got water issues if they had a, a pan overflow or that you walk in and you see damage whatever else it wasn't just the cost to have the technician come out and fix that piece of you know blow the drain line out re-level the unit whatever else it's the cost to having the the Extraction crew come in, get rid of all the water, the cost of redoing the wall, the paint, you know, what impact that had in that area when that when that was going on. Like those are the actual costs that are gonna be much more significant than a service call in two or three hours later. Um, you know, renovations, you know, if they've had to go in and actually renovate an area because of problems, it's a big deal. You know, there's Big time cost with that. Uh, employee turnover, talk about that. Safety issues. In a plant, a lot of uh, departments, you know, have to budget for expenses and get approvals. If it's a safety issue, it's kind of like an open checkbook. If there's a safety issue, they don't care what it costs, they've got to get it corrected. So if you can tie something into a safety issue of water running down, leaking on the floor, having the potential of an employee come by and slip, you know, slip and get hurt, that, that's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars kind of thing. Um, any questions along those lines? Uh, what does it mean, SA, in your uh, thing there? System analysis. Oh, okay. Know do you ever that, go that through the system analysis with the client in front of them? Do, do the verification meeting? Yeah. 100%. Every time. Okay. Well, not every time. But you're not just showing them the uh, 
Jeff, the, the final the, page. The last comparison page, you're actually showing them? Uh, I know. Because um, I feel like you have to, I, you have to I, walk I, through I, it, most of it to show the equipment age and how you came up with the part at the very beginning. So it, it, it depends. It depends the person I'm meeting with. It depends what my story is. Um, you know, if, if they're literally, you know, if we're on a tight timeline and it, and it pretty much makes sense and we've kind of got things going pretty well, you know, I can start there and then cross-reference where those numbers came from. Um, but for the most case, like, I, I don't, I don't want to get too much in the weeds. Oh, here's your quarter placement costs and things like that. But, um, you know, I want to be able to, to take our story through that's going to get into what we're going to start talking about next is but like kind of like the pictures and stuff like that to build my case because what we're doing in that verification meeting we're building a business case right we've we've identified what the build what the business issues are and the problems and you know the costs that we kind of are putting all those pieces together that system analysis is when we're presenting to them you know our mosaic of here's where you're at does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You're showing it on your laptop? Huh? Are, are you showing it, Carson, or can't, uh, on, on your laptop in front of them, or are you doing it on yeah. like a little projector or something? Or? Depends on the setting, right? They may have this set up. In there. I'll say just about everywhere I go has one of these, but I got you. So what I've done is I've kind of gone through just a bunch of my survey pictures. And ultimately, just looking at the equipment and trying to tie the piece together as far as like what that means to the story. Uh, <clears throat> everyone know what this is? It's a silver box. Mm-hmm. Silver box with motor on top. Yeah. So, so these are these are inline exhaust fans. These are the little pulley. The belt comes down here. There's a blower blower wheel in here that actually. So whenever. When you see exhaust fans, you see a lot of things that move air, you know that there's potential for uh, airflow problems in a building. And I got, I couldn't find a really good illustration that, that shows really about building pressurization, but building pressurization is a big deal. When you look at a building, you gotta kind of think of like a balloon. You should have called me. I've got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I had one back in the day that kind of showed. I, I looked and couldn't find it. We were kind of putting it up. But anyways, you want to you wanna look at a building structure like a balloon. Okay. When you've got systems like this, you've got um, exhaust fans, you've got makeup air fans, you've got DOAS <laughs> units, you've got anything that's introducing and taking air out of a plant. Back up for a second. You've got newer people in here. Does everybody know what a dough is? Well, like I've got pictures, that kind of stuff. I'm just kind of okay, just, just, just yeah. So I, I was going to so be Webster over here yeah. and throw the dictionary out and use them. Trouble kids, the dough is. Yeah, got it. Yes, that's right. It's a ta- it's a chair you sit in. And there's like these little pros and stuff like that that attaches to it. He's like, yeah, yeah. So the 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 point being is when you're doing a survey and you see more of these kinds of fans you realize that there's a greater chance of the importance i guess of having all of these systems how they work in unison so uh 
of building, going back to the balloon analysis, is whenever you're pulling more air out of the building and you bring into the building, that balloon is going to want to suck in, right? Well, because of the integrity of the building, that doesn't actually happen. So what happens is that building becomes negative. When the building becomes negative, everything from these older windows to roof leaks to you know any kind of protrusion through a building, that air is the front doors, air time a door opens and closes, all that air is going to want to come into that building to try to help neutralize, make that building neutral. Whenever you're bringing air in, into a building, not through means of mechanical equipment, we're introducing VOCs, we're introducing humidity, we're introducing pollutants, um, particulates, things like that. I'm not going to say I work with a bakery that brings in bugs and gets sucked in outside in, yeah. into the um, processing area. You can say you're doing that, but maybe not the bakery itself. So, so that's kind of, you know, and, and we look at, you know, the impact that these systems have on the building. That's what directly impacts when we're talking about the building issues or, the, you know, the business issues and the, the, the problems. This is how we can tie it into that equipment. So, get an example here. Is this is an inline, you know, exhaust fan. Things we're looking at that impacts it. You're looking at conditions of belts, tension of belts. You know, a lot of times you'll you'll find these things shut off. Mm. You know, disconnects pulled. Um, panels open to where maybe actually pulling air in from, you know, this room and not from the ductwork. Um, all any and all of those scenarios are going to impact what this unit is designed to do to the building. And when you go back and look at, you know, engineer drawings and you look at um, plans, this is designed to pull a certain amount of airflow, which is measured in CFM. If over time, and I've got some other pictures I'll kind of but This is where everybody gets to uh, engineer. What the words always use is, you got some people that are smarter than me that design how this thing's supposed to work, right? Your building's supposed to work. And what I'm showing you here is opportunities where it doesn't work the way it was designed to work. So going back to what you're talking about, the building probably had or was designed to be at a certain positive or negative pressure because some buildings are designed at negative, but some, most are designed at positive. It's designed in a certain way, but over time, because we're not doing, people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, it ain't, it ain't performing right. So that's what we're going to talk about. So, Yeah, whenever these parts of the system aren't working right, they're costing a lot of energy, right? Because now we're bringing in air and humidity and problems like that through other means. Unconditioned outdoor air. Unconditioned outdoor air, you've got motors that may be running, consuming the right amount of energy, but not doing anything. Um, everyone knows what these are? Economizer fan, uh, filters, washable filters. Yeah. Outdoor air, outdoor air filters. So the intent of this filter is Call them bird catchers, right? To capture the bigger part, particulates before it goes into the actual, you know, mervate, you know, pleated filters and whatnot that we use. 
what does that do when you awesome. you see stuff like that? Affects airflow. Makes yeah. makes the equipment have to work overtime to pull it through. So, so the equipment is working harder to do the same amount of work. So you're losing money on yeah, basically so, efficiency. So these units are designed to bring in X amount of outdoor air through fil filters, the size of everything. When that's restricted, let's say this unit is, is making up air that's being exhausted out. So if that air that's being exhausted out is you know, designed for 3,000 CFM, and they want to bring in, you know, 30, 500 CFM through systems like this just to keep that building a little bit pressure, this can cause that building to be negative. Because you're not getting 3,000 CFM of air through those filters because it's restricted. So, yes, that's a dirty filter. Yes, it needs to be cleaned, but that's not what we talk about. We talk about that restriction is potentially causing your ability to be negative, which could be introducing humid air from outside, resulting in building humidity problems. That's the problem, that's the issue through mechanical piece of equipment. Uh, obviously these filters, you know, they start getting deteriorated and corroded. You know, they're, they're becoming like a complete solid structure, and that's why they're just getting blown apart and things like that.